Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hey, I'm your host, James Bell, and I am thrilled to share the studio today with John Kaju, who is the founder and president of NWA Workplaces. Thanks, James. Yeah, you bet. And I think I'll also add a guy that I know a lot of people in this community, uh, entrepreneurs and business leaders turn to it for advice, including me. So welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, John, let's start with the question I always love asking uh, first, which is, what should the audience know about you? Well, I, I don't really have a good answer to that, why they should know about me. Um, I, I've, uh, my story is not much different than most uh, people who have started their own business and maybe worked for a corporation and wanted to do something on their own and just kind of took the dive in it. This is probably my 25th year working for myself. So I've been doing it for a while and I've had a, a lot of more mistakes than I've had successes. So maybe that gives me a little bit more uh, credibility or not, depending, I guess, what's, where your point of view is. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, that makes you super credible, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, that's great. We'll come back to that and I'll ask you some mm-hmm. questions around that, actually, sure. because I think that's where a lot of the real learnings happen anyway. Tell me about NWA Workplaces and maybe you can tell us the, the story. What's the history there? How did sure. it come about and what is it that you actually do? Yeah. So in, in back in 2012, I was uh, fairly new to the area here. I knew one person back in 2012. We moved here in 2009, originally from Colorado. And we, my wife and I and kids moved here in 2009. And in 2012, I was trying to figure out what my next career was going to be. And I had been a remodeler and worked with remodelers and kitchen bath remodelers specifically for several years in a consulting role. And I thought, well, maybe I'll do an extension of that. And so I started a digital marketing company that would, an advisory company that would help people who are remodelers, mm-hmm. kitchen and bath remodeling, that type of thing. And, you know, started a podcast uh, in the early days of podcasting and that was dedicated toward, uh, again, the kitchen and bath industry. And um, I was working out of the house and I was starting to get a bit more business. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool not to have to work out of a corner desk in my bedroom? So I, I had uh, back in the early 90s, late 80s. In Denver, my wife worked for a company that actually worked out of what they used to call executive suites back then. And I thought, well, maybe I'll do something like that and I'll just get a free office out of it. And so I took the uh, leap and I signed a three-year lease on some office space on Fifth Street Mm -hmm. and actually right not too far from where you guys are at now and buy Airship Coffee. And that was in 2015. And uh, with the whole intention of all I wanted was a free office space. And lo and behold, two or three years later, I realized I had been focusing on the wrong business. 
and I sold off a bit of the marketing company and then focused solely on the uh, shared office space model, rebranded it, completely fine-tuned it, started offering more services, and that's really how it, how it came about. So like all successful businesses, you landed with a completely different business than the one you yes, started with. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. at least something significantly different. Funny thing when right. the customer comes along. Well, uh, and really what it came down to is, you know, there was a lot of digital marketing companies out there. Everybody, you know, who had a social media account was now going to start a digital marketing company. And Websites were becoming easier to develop and, you know, we, were, we had great success. We did websites from, for companies all over the world. It was actually a lot of fun. And after a while, when I originally started out with my business plan was written down on a cocktail napkin in 2012 and it was three, three goals. One was to make X amount of money per year. Number two was to have no employees. And number three was to be able to do it really from anywhere. If I wanted to go camping on the edge of Grand Canyon, I could do it, right? So that was a digital marketing concept. Well, fast forward a couple of years, here I am. I had myself and two employees. Uh, I wasn't having any fun. And lo and behold, I really couldn't leave and go do it on the edge of the Grand Canyon somewhere. And then I just decided to pare things down, sell it off, and and then the rest is kind of where I'm at today, has led to where I'm at today. Sure. Cool. Well, talk about, by the way, early podcast, what, what year was that? 2012, I think, is when I started it. So you're basically the OG of podcasting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it was, yeah. Pretty, it was pretty rudimentary in how I was doing it. There wasn't a whole lot of information on how to do a, other than Libsyn, and I don't even know if Libsyn still, I think, I assume it's still a thing, but that, they were the host. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Great thing figuring it out. Yes. Um, hey, talk more about your clients. Who are they? Who do you serve? Is it, is it startups? Is it Walmart vendors? Yeah. Is it somebody else? Sure. My ideal customer is very specific. It's a any company that has been in business at least two years and or a uh, startup with somebody who has uh, a bit of experience and, and the business acumen. It does, it does uh, in, involve, we, we have... A Fortune 50 company that rents from us, uh, or not rents, is a member. We don't, we do do renting, we do memberships as a member with us. We have all the way down to, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of people who work for, from our offices, even though they work for a company somewhere else because they don't want to work in their homes. Sure. And then we have, you know, real estate agents. We have, you know, a couple Walmart vendors. And, you know, it's really pretty wide ranging. I don't really, you know, I don't really get into the early, you know, startup stuff. Are we're really not set up for that? And in in the challenge we have with that is, you get somebody who just starts a company, they leave their their business, and they are excited. They sign a one year membership, mm-hmm. and two or three months in, they're begging to get out of it. And that just hasn't worked out well for us. So we don't generally go down that road. And that's why I say. We will do a startup, but the person who's doing it probably uh, in, to pass my uh, standards uh, really needs to have the business acumen to know and the maturity beyond just an idea and the excitement of, of quitting a job and starting something. Yeah, that, that it, makes sense. It's a little harsh, but but that's it works well for our business. Yeah, I think it's fair enough, though. I mean, that, that model with supporting the earliest stage startups, mm-hmm. folks, the idea stage through well, maybe they yeah. haven't sold anything yet. And ones who don't have much of a, right. a business background, 
is, I mean, frankly, I don't think that's a profitable uh, space. There's organizations no. that have tried it and have failed. Yeah. And so it's one that where, you know, really a community has to make an investment, right? Because you still need those early folks. Sure. But for it to be a business in and of itself, that's really a and, hard thing to do. And the cool thing about Northwest Arkansas is that there's several, you know, foundations that support mm-hmm. facilities that offer that to them. So it's not like uh, that because I don't offer it, they're being left high and dry. There's plenty of uh, shared office spaces out there that actually cater to that that clientele. It just doesn't work for uh, us because we're actually trying to have a, a for-profit business here. Yeah, you betcha. So talk about some of the services and amenities that you offer to your members. And, and maybe you can talk about your two locations and sure. how they're different also and perhaps oh, yeah. even unique here in Bentonville. Yeah, they're quite different from each other. Obviously, you know, our bread and butters are private offices, but we do offer virtual office memberships. And what a virtual office membership is, is that you work from home or you, you're, uh, you're not even in the state, but you want to have a local business address that's not your home. But let's all, and or you you have an uh, you're based out of Minneapolis and you just want to have a Bentonville business address because you do come to town now and again. You want to have mail mail uh, delivered to where they, you can pick it up. We have a digital mailbox where if you uh, use our address, we receive it. We notify you that you have the mail, and then you tell us how you want it handled. We'll open it up, scan it, and. Set, put it in the portal because we have a digital mailbox portal and you, you can open it up and read it at your leisure. We have a lot of options there, but a virtual office is a, is a fancy way to have a, I should say inexpensive way to have a fancy business address. And it's, uh, you know, I think it's about $50 a month and that's the base one. You also get a discount if you come in and use any of our meeting space. There's some other perks that come with it as well. But the other one is we offer meeting room rentals. Uh, we have about four of them, and they include a day office. So if you just, you know, we get a lot of people who do phone interviews, mm-hmm. and obviously they can't do it at their employer, so they'll rent a, a a meeting room for an hour, and they'll come in, they'll access the high speed internet, they'll do the phone interview using their their computer with their laptop camera, whatever else. So we get a lot of that. We also have a lot of companies that do line reviews and they'll have, they'll, they'll set up one of the meeting rooms with all of their stuff. And then whoever's invited comes to it and they do the line review, have companies that actually have their own offices that will do offsite meetings that are to get away from, to do the annual planning and review. Sure. So it's really a, a, um, a diverse usage. And, and we also have various other services that we offer as well, but mainly it's all based around providing an office space, an office environment, a work environment for people to get more work done. That's really cool. I love that you offer the virtual office because many times when I'm recruiting Mm -hmm. companies as an economic developer, sometimes it's a try before you buy situation, right? I need to land a person there or I need to spend a little bit of time there. I need a middle address. It makes sense for my business and I can send them to you and they can do that at a relatively exactly. uh, low cost. Yes. Yep. So talk about your two offices and how, you know, how they're unique, how they're different from each other and unique to the community. Sure. Our first location is on uh, Southeast Fifth Street. And I've had that one, I guess we're going into our eighth year at that location. And that one is a little bit more a corporate feel to it, even though I've tried to casual it out as much mm-hmm. as you can. 
It's uh, got, you know, a large office, I'm sorry, a large meeting room and then a day office and then uh, about eight or nine different private offices. And we've been full there other than a, about a month or two during COVID. We had a couple people leave because they were, you know, didn't want mm-hmm. to leave the house. But we've been really full there for, shoot, five years or so. It's been really a, a pretty good uh, location for us. And because of its proximity to a lot of things that are happening in Bentonville, including, you know, Walmart's current home office and then their new one, it's a desirable location. And then the new location is actually a building that is north. Uh, it's technically, it's a Bentonville address, but we are on the north mm-hmm. side of 49 there as you head into ben- Bella Vista. So we call it our Bella Vista location because everybody always thinks it's Bella Vista up sure. there anyway. So I might as well go along with that. And we bought the building and uh, the whole complex is about almost four acres and there's two buildings there. But the building I have, we have about 5,000 square feet there approximately. And we built that one out from the ground up and it's a really cool vibe to it. And both locations, I should point out, are right on the Razorback Greenway. Mm-hmm. This one is at, at the uh, the hub of, I guess, where you could go left and you'll be riding the trails in um, b- the back 40 in Blowing mm-hmm. Springs. If you go right and immediately underneath the 49 overpass, you're in Slaughter Pen. If you go right soon here, right out of our parking lot, you'll peel off and go up to Kohler. Nice. So it's a great location for people who want to ride to work. It's uh, because of the trails, the uh, Razorback Greenway being right there, but also access to the trails. It's got a much more um, casual vibe. The There is a, I cut out about 600 square feet or so with the idea of putting in a little pub. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it myself, but we have the, the founders and owners of Tuscan Trotter have put mm-hmm. a place in there called The Bend. Mm-hmm. And Chef Rob from Tuscan Trotter has done a nice little menu in there so you can get flatbreads, sandwiches. They do have beer on tap. Uh, I think they have wine and, you know, different soft drinks, different snack foods. They make their own um, granola bars that are pretty amazing. And uh, they've got also, we share with them a thousand foot deck. And then there's quite a bit of yard space that they'll activate this in the summer and warmer months with, you know, different events that they'll have. Great location. And the and the vibe there is just completely different than the, than our original location. But it's, and again, we're lucky there. We're full. Uh, we have a waiting list there as well. That's cool. So I can uh, hop out of my office and ride over to yours exactly. on the Greenway. Yeah, you could get on um, the Greenway from your office and and just ride all the way to our North uh, Bella, our Bella Vista location. Right, or save my legs for Kohler or... yeah. Exactly. The north end of Slaughter Pen yeah. or, or well, if you um, get an e-bike. Oh, that's true. If you get an e-bike, you can put it on high. You don't have to save anything. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I have to ask, pet yeah. friendly or not? Yes, both locations. I love it. That's great. As long as it's a dog, we, we don't we don't take uh, pigs, uh, cats, uh, otters. No llamas. No no ducks. Good. Uh, llama. I think llamas are cool. Goats are kind of cool, too, but... Yeah. But they'd probably eat everything in there. So no goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goats will eat everything. Yeah. We had a pet goat when I was a kid. Oh, really? It was a white goat. We named it Casper. Casper the Friendly Goat. <laughs> um, I found out not that long ago what happened to Casper. One day, I just out of the blue realized I didn't know what happened, and I called my dad. 
he explained it was safe to say that I like goat meat at a young age. I was not happy. So you've been at it about eight years with mm-hmm. uh, NWA Workplaces. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, you've made plenty of mistakes along the way. I think that's where all the magic right. happens in, in, in learning, I guess, as long as you're not doing the sure. same thing over and over. Can you talk about some of the challenges that you have experienced and how did you overcome them? Sure. You know, I think the biggest challenges we've had there are one is, you know, when you sign a lease and you're not sure the business model is going to work or that, you know, anybody's going to share the space with you. Mm-hmm. You kind of got a knot in your stomach and you you hope your wife doesn't kick you out on the street. But it, it worked out from day one. And and as we were talking about earlier, Jeff Amrine from Startup Junkies, you know, uh, Jeff and I have been friends for or for many years. Startup Junkie actually had an office in the early days up there. That was their, their Bentonville location. So, you know, that was, gives you a little bit of confidence, but I'd say that probably the biggest challenges I've had is, uh, are really myself. Sometimes, you know, you become the bottleneck, you become the biggest challenge for your company to overcome. And so many entrepreneurs, when they start out, they say, I'm going to do everything. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, and these are totally different conversation. And I tell us to people, because you'd mentioned I do I do work with some contractors and uh, remodelers in town and help them with their businesses. And I tell them over and over, and don't do it themselves. I say, don't put the tool belt on. You got to get other people to work in your business and then you work on your business. And so even me still now, I find myself wasting time on things I shouldn't be focused on because my time is better spent elsewhere. So that's one of the big challenges I have. The other one is, uh, you know, just technology. You know, we use a specific software that is specific for this kind of thing. We've had some challenges there where, you know, did we pick the right one? And because they're all so totally different, it's not like, you know, am I going to use Microsoft Word or Google Docs? Right because uh, they all do pretty much the same thing. This is pretty dramatic. And so that would probably be one of the biggest challenges. I actually made a mistake after we spent, I don't know how much time and money migrating over. We pulled the trigger on it. We activated it only for for me within 30 days to say it was a huge mistake and to pull back and reactivate the one that we we originally used. Hmm. And that was, so those, that's the biggest one. You know, the cool thing about where we're at here in Bentonville is uh, it seems like the sky is the limit and I got a knock on wood there because there's so much going on that, that the drive uh, that so many people have to do their own thing, that more and more people are working from home and working remotely, that really has been a a blessing for us because that is our clientele. And so we've been lucky to be, you know, my biggest regret too is I didn't have, I don't have more square footage. The building that we bought is nine, about 9,000 square feet. But again, my cautious, the cautious person inside of me said, well, I don't want to take the whole nine. I'll take half of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what we did. And uh, hindsight being 2020, I could have probably filled up all, you know, 9,000 square feet easily. And, you know, we've got competition now that we didn't have seven years ago. Seven years ago was the only competitor I had was Regis. And at that time, they only had the one location right across the street from the Walmart home office. Now they have two. Uh, One is at Boterre. And that one's more of a competitor price point with us. The one at 
Bentonville Plaza is a lot more expensive than us. Right. And then, you know, you've got a small, a smaller outfits that have opened up. And then you've got some that are funded by some well-to-do families in town. And then, of course, the Ledger's a newer one. But again, we're really not competing with them because they, again, their price point and who they're going after is not sure. the same clientele we're going after. Yeah, you bet. That makes sense. Talk about what you're most proud of, you know, over these past eight years or so yeah. in, in building your business. What are the moments or the accomplishments that you've had that have made you really proud? I'm still in business. I mean, let's one. face it. Most businesses don't ma- you know, don't make it past the first 12 months, months, let alone the two or three years, let alone seven years. So I think that's a, that's a huge achievement. But also for me, I have, I'm stepping away from the business and it's not falling apart. Awesome. Uh, and, and that's a lesson for me because... You know, again, going back to what I said earlier about entrepreneurs thinking they have to do everything and they have to have their hands in it. And there's a lot of managers at big companies that do this kind of thing, too. But stepping it out and hiring the right people is all the difference in the world. And for me to be able to take vacations, you know, last year, my wife and I went on more vacations last year, I think, than we did in the previous 15 years combined. And uh, prior to uh, stepping away from the business and and letting it kind of run its own and become its own personality as opposed to my personality, we I wouldn't have been able to do that. But yeah. I think that's probably one of the things I'm most personally internally proud of is to myself that I've been able to do that and 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 sleep at night. You know, at first you're kind of nervous because it's you it's your child. Oh, yeah. you're, you're taking them to the bus stop early in the morning and you're worried about for the very first time and you're worried about them. That's the same thing when you step away from a business that you've worked hard to build. And you've done everything. And then after a while, you realize that, yeah, that person didn't do it exactly the way I did it. They did it their way and it worked out just fine. Exactly. You know, that is a huge milestone. Like you said, not just from a business yes. perspective, but personally, early in my my you know professional life, mm-hmm. struggle with that quite a bit myself. Yeah. Not being able to let go. Yeah, and yeah. You know what? When somebody else does it, it's usually just fine. Yeah, yeah. And I have a partner in the building that we have, and and he's encouraged me to step away from that. And so I've been doing that because we have a property management company now, and that's been liberating as well. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so that's awesome. It's, it's, you know, it's baby steps. So yeah, you bet. Well, in addition to NWA Workplaces, you've done some other fantastic things here in Bentonville that have helped build the community. You help you you founded the NWA Technology Council as well as sure. the NWA the Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit. I'd really love to talk about that latter one because mm-hmm. I think maybe there's some lost history there. Will you talk about how Tech Summit came about and maybe the first iterations of the conference? Sure. So when when I uh, go back up, so in 09, and it's it's another story, another conversation. If anybody listening really wants to know it, they can buy me a beer sometime and I'll tell them a story. But we'll skip ahead to 2012, June. I find myself uh, no longer traveling around the country spending 250 nights a hotel and a, a, a year in hotel rooms. And I didn't know anybody in Bentonville and I didn't know whether I wanted to start something again or, uh, you know, start my own business or get a job. I, so I knew one person and that was Jeff Charlson hmm. and Jeff has uh, become a, a good friend of mine over the years, but I met Jeff and, and I'll tell the story. Uh, we both Jeff and I love to tell it. We met on Craigslist. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so how we did that was my wife and I came out here. We knew we were moving to Northwest Arkansas. First, we thought it'd be Fayetteville. 
We had a realtor show us for places to rent because we didn't want to buy. And we ended up getting kind of frustrated. And I put an ad in Craigslist. This is family of four moving to the area. Here's what we're looking for. And, you know, kind of a stab in the dark. And I think within an hour or so, I got an email and it was Jeff Charleston who had a house for rent. And I ended up, ironically, it's right across the street from where Graham Cobb lives now. Oh, wow. And we ended up running from Jeff for about three and a half years. And so Jeff and I like to joke that we met on Craigslist. And actually the first time I met him face to face was at a hotel. So that even adds more. But we, so, so I called Jeff up. Well, first I, I, I started going to the chamber because I'm a networker and I wanted to get plugged in and I didn't really know anybody in the community other than, you know, parents of my kids' soccer teams. Mm-hmm. And that was fleeting. And so I wanted to start, I wanted to get involved with the community. So I started going to the different chamber events, you know, the after hours things and, and realized that, you know, I needed to do something that was going to stand, stand out a little bit more. And I had come from a, a technology background in Denver all through the 90s. I worked in computer industry in Denver uh, from 19, really 1989 until 2000 or so. And so I have, a, I have a, a, a love for technology. I love all things new. My wife will tell you I buy every new gadget, even the ones I will use one time and never use again. And so I, I kind of came up with this idea of starting a technology council. And I, but, I, but I knew that no one was going to do anything with it because who the heck is this John Cadju guy, right? right? <laughs> and so I knew I needed to pitch it to uh, something that was business-oriented, and connected to the community. So naturally, you know, that would be the Chamber of Commerce. So I contacted a friend of mine, somebody who was I, I was just getting to know at the Chamber, Jane Lowe. And Jane Lowe said, well, hold on, we don't even have a president. Hmm. Ed Clifford had left and they hadn't hired a president yet. And that would ultimately was Dana Davis. So about 30 days in or so to Dana's tenure there, I, I got a meeting with him and I pitched it to him. I had a, a Prezi presentation that I put together. And pitched it to him. And one of the things that I pitched it, one of the selling points was I felt that once you, if you did something like this, you would, the chamber would get companies join because you would, I, I said, you got to make it to where the only way you can be a tech um, council member is if you become a chamber member. Smart. And, and he liked that and the board apparently liked it. And so we ended up, you know, I, I put together goals. I think the goal was 50 members the first year. And I think the, the technology council uh, membership was like 40 or $45 per year per person. And lo and behold, I think the first year they ended up having over 400 people join. Wow. We had week, we had monthly meetings. We would meet at 730 in the morning. We would have a guest speaker and we would fill the room up at the old chamber all the time. And in fact, we outgrew it several times and we headed around town and well, going back to it. So, and again, in the early days, Dana called me up and said, okay, it's a go. We're going to go with this thing. Go ahead and put together a steering committee to figure out what this is going to look like. So I called a few, well, I called, my first person I called was Jeff Charlson because Jeff at the time was higher up at Walmart's um, ISD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wasn't involved with the chamber at the time. And he said, sure. So then I said, then I picked out a couple people that I had just read about. Amy Callahan from Collective Bias, mm-hmm. 
you know, Roger Thomas from Telecom, and I can't remember, you know, all of the other people. And then the chamber picked a couple people and we put together this steering committee and the very first meeting going to this, uh, two things happened. One was a guy named Kyle Howell, who was on the board of the chamber at the time and a Walmart employee suggested, because originally I was going to call it the Bentonville Technology Accountant. Right. Uh, I was actually, it was the Bentonville Bella Vista Technology Council because it was the Bentonville Bella Vista Chamber of Commerce at the time. And Kyle said, well, I think we should call it the NWA uh, Tech." tech council. And I said, why is that? And he explained it to me because I was new to the area. I didn't really know the significance of the term NWA. Mm -hmm. And we all agreed. And so it became the NWA tech council. And then the other thing that happened in that meeting was Jeff Charlson suggesting that we have an annual conference and the annual conference became the NWA tech summit. So technically I give, always give the credit to Jeff for the idea. And then other people like Bill Aiken, myself, and a host of other people came together. We threw together the first one, I think, within 90 days from the time we came up with the idea. And where that fit in was uh, Jeff was working with Karen Ann Terrell at the time, who was the CIO of Walmart. And he said, well, let me see if we can get her as our keynote speaker. <laughs> so sure enough, she, she agreed. And then the only date she could do it was like November 11th. I can't remember the exact date. But it's like November 10th or 11th. And we did it as a half a day event and we sold uh, 400 and some tickets, which was more than we expected. It was great. For those of you that were at the very first one, the aesthetics were not great, but I, 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 that was my, not my territory. So it wasn't my responsibility, but we had a lot of great, and I wanted to take the tech council and keep it to where it was really helping small businesses and I wanted to have the tech summit be a thing for both people who were working for big corporations, but also there were strands that uh, small business owners could come and benefit from. Mm -hmm. And we did that. And that was, that was fantastic. And the feedback we got, the cool thing was that day walking around and seeing and talking to people and people who had sponsored it, being excited that day at the event and committing to be a sponsor at the next one. And then the next one, we are, I think we had almost 900 attendees and the keynote speaker, and I cannot remember his name, was the president and CEO of AT&T Mobility. <laughs> and so that was a huge get. And AT&T was one of our uh, big sponsors that year. And then the third year, I think is about 1,300 people. And the keynote speaker was Kevin Turner, who at the time was either uh, was still still or had just left the, as chief, chief technology officer at Microsoft. And he was he's a former Walmartian. So that's how he was right. willing to do it. And we I met David Glass at that. And that was very good. And then really, um, I haven't been involved with it since. And, you know, again, I always wanted to see it be kind of uh, offer things for small business and corporate. Be, you know, it, it, life is inevitable and so is money. And mm -hmm. so companies that rely on this kind of thing, they go where the money is. And let's face it, uh, money's not coming from small business owners. It's coming from the big corporations. And that's where it really, it, it seems to have gone. And I'm not faulting that at all. I think it's great. It's cool that it's still around and that it's succeeded all these years. So. Well, I'll tell you, with our new tech summit director, and I don't know, you know, what happened in the years in between. I've been at the chamber two years mm -hmm. now and in Bentonville for, for two years. We just had our 2022 
Tech Summit in October. Mm-hmm. There were close to 2,000 uh, wow. attendees at that That's one. Awesome. Yeah, so it was across five different venues in Bentonville, all the within yeah. a couple blocks of each other. And the New Tech Summit director, Chris Adams, who I'll introduce you to, okay. really just blew it out. And it was cool. It That's was cool. Awesome. I mean, there was some actually some cool technology there too, which oh, very cool. every tech summit should yeah, have, yeah, right? Yeah. And so uh, there were a number of different verticals. There was an artificial intelligence vertical, a, a uh, health tech vertical, and so right. on. So, you know, certainly you want to come back next year and I'll put a bug in Chris's ear. I'm not, I can't commit Chris to anything, but sure. it'll be the 10 year anniversary. Oh, it wow. seems to me yeah. that perhaps something special should happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you didn't just stop there, though. You're also very active in the Rotary Club of Bentonville. The yeah. You're president, 18, yeah, a, 19, work around there. Yeah, it's a past president. And so, so here's the thing, you know, and, and I'll, you know, I'll lead it with this is that, you know, again, I came here in 2009. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And now I have people who are even locals here, natives, tell me that I know more people than they do. <laughs> and it's not a matter of dropping names or anything like that. It's just about getting involved in the community. And so my advice to anybody who's listening that really wants to figure out how to, how to make, how to, how to stand out in this world, whether you're trying to get a job somewhere, find better connections that are more influential, that'll help you in along your career. Maybe you just want to get involved and make a difference in your community. Then I'll tell you this, um, get, get away from the computer and go out and join a civic club like the Rotary Club. Rotary Club, matter of fact, the Rotary Club of Bentonville has two clubs. One meets Wednesdays at noon mm-hmm. for lunch, and the other one meets on Monday evenings from 5.30 to 6.30. And we joke that that's the beer club because they meet at Bentonville Brewing Company from 5.30 to 6.30. They have a lot of fun. It's a young group. They raise money for different charities, some that include Havenwood, the single parent scholarship, scholarship. Yeah. They, they raise money for, um, you know, different, you know, family oriented, uh, organizations around town. Our noon club raises money for, uh, college scholarships for our high school kids from both Bentonville West mm. and Bentonville and does other, you know, charitable giving as well. And so that is a group of people who care about the community that are influence makers and changers and you get involved with those and, and don't just join and show up. It's like a gym membership. Mm-hmm. So same thing with a chamber. If you join a gym, just because you join doesn't mean you're going to get buff and lose 15 pounds. You got to go use the gym. And the same thing with all of these, you got to be active. You got to get out. You got to Meet people. Once you meet the person, invite them out for coffee. See what value you can give them. Don't think about what value they can give you right. because the relationship will be very short. And just you know, innovate. Uh, innovate how you're going to meet people and and really you know stand out. I read a book 20-some years ago about a guy, and I cannot remember the name of the book, but basically uh, I think the name of the book actually was Never Eat Alone. And he wrote a book about his how he was became this world-class networker because he always had coffee with somebody to get to know them and see how he could help them. So again, I would just say that worked for me and it made all the difference for not only me, but my family. And because the old adage of it's not what you know, it's it's who you know. I'm sorry to say that that is very true because you can know everything in the dictionary. And if you don't know anybody, you, who's going to know that you're going to 
you know, that you bring value to until you get to know people. And that's how you get into companies. It's how you get business partners that trust you and so forth. So the, the Rotary Club has been very positive for me and my family. And I think the, um, the, uh, without it, I don't think I'd, I'd, you know, it's, it's my weekly lunch and I just really enjoy the people there and it's, it's not even work. It's just a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, never eat alone. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. You know, I, I am amazed by the number of folks who go, Oh, networking, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, who don't get that or, or they go, networking doesn't work for me because everywhere I go to network, there's nobody who does what I do or there aren't the people I need to know completely forgetting that every person knows somebody else. Yes. Right. That they, every person knows dozens of other people at least. Right. And more than likely, if you talk about what, you know, if you learn from them, what they do and help them in some way, and they learn from you and what you do and, they're going to reach across and help you as well and connect you to people. And, and uh, it's, I, I'm blown away by the number of people who, who discount the value yes. uh, of networking. Yeah. And part of it perhaps is because they've learned the wrong way, right? I'm just going to get something yeah. as opposed to I'm giving first. And, and don't confuse LinkedIn with a networking mm-hmm. tool. It's really not. It's a communication tool. That's right. And uh, the, the, um, networking tool is sitting face to face with somebody or talking to them on a phone, having a real conversation. Uh, but you know, a a real face to face conversation or or like I said, a real voice conversation, not just a, uh, you know, sending out LinkedIn invites. That's not networking. No matter of fact, if it's not somebody I have a rule about my LinkedIn, if, if they're not connected to at least five people that I'm connected to, I won't accept. That is an especially smart rule these days. Yeah. And sometimes I'm still still suspicious when I see that. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned a moment ago the, the value of knowing people, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, who you know and so on. I think even the higher order of that is really what you also said. And that is that it's who knows you. Yes. Right? Yeah. If they don't know you exist, they can't yeah. help. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And, and that's exactly right. Yeah, you bet. So you came here from uh, Denver. By the way, I spent a little bit of time in Denver as well. I don't know if yeah. you know that. A cool town. Glad I uh, eventually made my way here, though. Yeah, right. What was the reason that you came to Bentonville? I well, don't think we talked about that. Actually, I didn't come here direct from um, Colorado. I came here. My wife and I were in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Hmm. And I had a kitchen and bath uh, business there. And my, with a business partner, I also did a lot of new construction and, and some spec building. And it, then 08 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, any of you that were around during 08, I don't need to go any any great detail. And you go, oh, yeah, I know what happened then. And at that point, I, I gave up for three years. I gave up working for myself and just I needed to survive. So I went and got a job and the company that hired me was a national kitchen and bath cabinet manufacturer based out of Alabama. And they are a family owned uh, cabinet company and they make one of the best products I think on the market. So much so that I actually had my kitchen redone about two years ago (laughs) and I have their cabinets in my kitchen and great company have nothing but good things to say about them. And they they gave me a lifeline because I was uh, had had sold my business at the end of '07, sold my half of my business to my partner, and the and at the end of '07, and I started getting phone calls from some of our competitors, asking if I would come and help them because the economy was starting to slow down yeah. a little bit, 
And so I did that for about a year, year and a half. And then the phone stopped ringing and I saw some really bad, uh, heartbreaking cases of businesses that have been in business for 20 plus years, go out of business. Well, uh, the cabinet company had seen what I had been doing and they, they wanted to offer that service to their independent dealers that sold their product to try and help them through this time. So the uh, VP at the time had this idea that he would hire me and I would be that person, but I couldn't stay in Florida. And that's another story. And so I had to move. He gave me four states to choose and I could have lived any, any of these four states. And by just sheer dumb luck, we picked Bentonville, Arkansas. And it's, I can say, honestly say the biggest stroke of dumb luck I've ever had in my life. That's fantastic. I would love to have a stroke of dumb luck yeah, like I know, that. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who would have known that in 2009 it would become what it is today? Right. Well, I mean, and and remarkably, it attracted the type of person this place attracts, which is that, you know, people don't just come here as big thinkers. Right. They come here as big doers, too. And they give of their time as they're, they're building. That seems to be uh, in the DNA of this place. Sure. And so when you combine sort of the DNA of this place and the folks coming here and the actions and contributions Mm -hmm. and accomplishments of folks that, you know, were already here and in this Mm -hmm. place, it has resulted in just this fierce growth, a radical change, especially over the last decade. How have you seen that growth? What what have you seen change about this place? Man, a lot. I mean, I mean, I remember one of the first uh, weekends we were in, in living here, we moved here in December of 09, you know, uh, so it was, this would have been early January, middle of January of, of 2010, my wife and I said, well, let's go find a place to eat down, down in the downtown. And we didn't know at the time they everybody referred it lovingly as the square. And so we drove downtown, found a parking spot, walked in to the only restaurant that was open. And that was Table Mesa. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Table Mesa was just one of the, I guess I call it sleeves. Now they've got like three of them. Yep. It was just one of them. But if you had noticed, I said, we found a parking spot. Uh-huh. Yeah, which you can't do in the square anymore. So that's the first giveaway right there. We found a parking spot right in front of Table Mesa at, at six o'clock on a Friday evening. Oh, wow. I challenge you to find a parking spot there tonight on a Monday night. But it's a, and so that's one thing. And now, of course, we've got a lot of just fantastic restaurants here. The mountain biking. I remember Jeff Charlson kept telling me, oh, yeah, the home is right by the Slaughter Pen Trails and Crystal Bridges. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what either one of those things are. And, uh, you know, fast forward here we are. Uh, we have a world class uh, museum here that was under construction, you know, before we moved here. And then you've got uh, just mountain biking trails galore. And in fact, I have a lot of friends in Colorado who are big mountain bikers in Colorado. And they prefer to come here to go mountain biking than they do in Colorado for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is Colorado is limited on the trails and the more mm-hmm. popular trails on a weekend, it's basically bumper to bumper, tire to tire on the trails. It's just very, very overly crowded. And as of right now, we don't have that. But, you know, as the word gets out, this is great places too. You're so great that, uh, you know, it's inevitable that our, our traffic is going to go up. Our property values are going to continue to go up. And the traffic on the trails is going to increase. So, mm-hmm. Well, we should just keep building more trails then. Yeah, exactly. Which it seems like there's no end in mind. So, right. I mean, which, we went which from I'm basically yeah. a few miles of trails to 500 plus. In that yes. Time and that and going, ba- going back to it, you think you were talking about networking and, and ways to networking. Right now in Bentonville, Arkansas, mountain biking is the new golf. Yeah. 
back in the 90s, 80s and 90s, you networked and you got to know people by playing around a golf with them. Today here in Bentonville, you do it by mountain biking or gravel riding with them or road riding with them. And then you go out and have fun and then you stop and you have a beer afterwards or coffee or whatever you want to do. And that's that's the new networking activity, I guess you could say, I think, for for Bentonville for sure. Absolutely. I have not once pulled out my golf clubs since I've been here. Oh, really? But I did buy a mountain bike. Hey, I, I live on a, I live on on a, a golf course in Bella Vista. I'm not kidding. We live on the sixth fairway of the Dogwood Hills course. Oh, yeah. I've never in seven years I haven't played that course. I've played up there like three times. I'm I'm not as big a golfer today as I used to be. Wow. Well, you know, it's no wonder Bentonville has become one of the fastest growing cities. Yeah. In the country, and we have uh, businesses that are are flocking here. Right. You know, who else? And I mean by people and businesses, who else should be here, and why? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say, you know, it'd be great. You know, I heard rumors a few years ago that it was a certain company named after a certain kind of fruit that was looking at setting up a, a pretty big office here, but they ended up picking uh, Austin instead. Probably too early at that time. Yeah, I think, I think maybe we, not now. Yeah, I think we were yeah. too early at the time. And, you know, I would say that, you know, the folks that should, the companies that should look at this place are the place that are looking to get the most out of their employees and give them the best work-life balance. And so that they get a job and they work for you and they are not stressed out because, yeah, they're making $200,000 a year, but because their rent is $6,000 a month, they're stressed out all the time Mm. and they feel like they're still not getting ahead. And I think that our cost of living here, as as much as property values have increased really, you know, in Bentonville and, you know, elsewhere as well, but not near as much as in Bentonville. There's so much affordable housing here. Uh, now, if you want to live in the heart of things, I'm sorry, that's not going to be affordable. Right. But if you want to compromise and live in a very nice community out in Centerton or some of the new stuff that's going to be coming online over the next couple of years, you still cannot beat this place. And what the Walton family have done with some of the apartment buildings they've built to where mm-hmm. certain percentages of it are for uh, income adjusted rents. I think that's fantastic so that people who are not the big high income earners can afford to still live here and, and enjoy so much of the stuff. And I think that's fantastic too. Yeah. And I think we'll continue to see some of that sort of development. I mean, yeah, housing prices have gone up quite a bit here, mm-hmm. but they're still right near the national median, which is fabulous if you're coming yeah. from most places right. and most of the places that a lot of folks are are coming from. I had not heard that story before of the uh, the, the fruit name company, but it doesn't uh, uh, yeah. surprise me. It does, especially doesn't surprise me given the conversations I have every day with with folks who you know have some sort of consideration mm-hmm. toward coming here. What advice would you give to people and especially business leaders about looking at Bentonville and how they should consider this place and about checking it out? Mm-hmm. I would say to check it out, you really got to come here and get with some of the. Um, Drivers in the community. I mean, it's easy to say I'm, you know, go to the top and go from there. But really, what you need to do, I think, is get involved with people like Daniel Hintz, mm-hmm. Jeff Amrine. Jeff's a great source to show them, you know, a, a really uh, a what's transformed here. You know, some people who are, you know, talk talk to people who uh, work for some of the big Fortune 100 companies that at one point felt like uh, being assigned working at Bentonville was their punishment so that they could eventually get back to the corporate office uh-huh. and 
in Atlanta or, you know, wherever else. And now those same people come here and that company says, okay, it's time for you to move in your path of your career within our company. We want you to move to Atlanta or Chicago. And they go, no. Yeah. And the company says, well, then you can't stay with the company. And they go, okay. And they stay. And, you know, that wasn't the case 10 years ago, but it is the case today. You're seeing more and more families come here with a company and those people choosing not to leave the area because of everything that it has to offer. Great schools, affordable housing, safe streets that we live in. I mean, just, it's just, you know, and and my wife always tells me I should become a paid ambassador for Northwest Arkansas because no matter where I go, I could go on and on and on about how great it is. And then I realized, you know, I need to stop doing that because after a while, everybody's going to stop. And I always give uh, Kayleen over at the uh, Visit Bentonville a hard time to stop. I, you need to stop advertising uh, that this is a great place to move in other cities in America because, you know, it's going to become too crowded here soon. You're telling this to a guy whose job is literally to I know. <laughs> and, and we're trying to do it in a, uh, um, you know, a rational way, in Correct. a reasonable way. Sure. And I, I think where we're at now with growth is, is there are so many opportunities to fill gaps. Yeah. And so now we can focus on our time on, on filling gaps. Yeah. Uh, and the answer to growth, to our growth now is more growth because we have to fill gaps for services and, yeah, yeah. and, and so on for people. And I think it's a neat place to, to well, be. Well, and going back to it, you know, asked me about what I, what kind of companies I think should look at here. You know, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not at that level. I, I can tell you where I'm focusing more of my time in, in, and Jeff and I are working on something. Actually, I haven't done anything with it in a while, but I do need to get back on it. And that is a program for people who are tradesmen, skilled tradesmen so that they can build their businesses and be successful. Because I can tell you, if you've wanted to have a bathroom remodeled or a toilet fixed or anything in the last, uh, I don't know, five years, you have felt the frustration of what it's like to A, get somebody to show up because they are so busy elsewhere, B, get a reasonable price, and C, get somebody reliable. Mm -hmm. And that has been a challenge. And there's a lot of good people out there that are trying to start their own thing. They want to be successful. They're trying to figure out how to do it and they need help as well. And, and because of that, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, I think, for Northwest Arkansas to be a, to attract folks like that, but also um, to put together some programs that would help the people that are already here that want to start, that maybe they're uh, in HVAC apprentice or a tradesman that's working for somebody else, they want to start their own thing. Well, how do they do that? They don't know how to do that. Or they will, how they, when they do do it, they do it completely wrong. And all they're doing is working from paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. to paycheck. And, and that's not the way to run a business. I, I think that's brilliant. You know, there are a number of different professions, especially uh, professions, especially in the trades, yeah. that you could build a book of business and Weeks, yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you, you would you would never run out yeah. of business, or, or at least at this point, not run but out. But you also have to soon. be careful not to step on your shoes uh-huh. because you will trip and fall uh, if you take if you say yes too many times, right. and then you uh, all you do is disappoint, and you got to be careful not to do that. Yeah, it's it's a real balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's lots of opportunities if you're in trades. Um, I would say if 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 you're a bookkeeper, I think folks have probably heard me say this on the yeah. show before. If you're a bookkeeper, you really can build your your business yes, in weeks for sure. in weeks here. So 
come on down, check it out. Yeah. Uh, the best way to check it out is to actually show up and check it out, right? Yeah. Well, I would say show up and check it out. And this is going to be a shameless plug for James here. Probably your best bet to do if you're listening to this and you're thinking about either A, moving here as someone who just wants to relocate here, or B, uh, you're a company who's seriously considering about moving uh, or, or adding another location somewhere else in the country is to contact James because James has all the resources. He can get you lined up. He's going to be able to get you connected with uh, the people who know what's going on and take you to the places that you're going to be able to uh, see what the real world is about that's going on here. And, you know, I think we're probably the smallest city in America. Uh, I bet you we have more tower cranes here than any other small city in a small town in America. Uh, we're somewhere around 14 or so right yeah. now. It's, it's just, just crazy. It's insanity. Yeah. You may not know it, but over the last couple of years, uh, I think we just, I don't know the exact number for last year, but I think we're pretty close to the, the, the same as we had the year before. So the year before last, Bentonville for the first time crossed a billion dollars in permits. Wow. Pulled, construction permits pulled. Imagine that, a town of 60 yeah, yeah. something thousand people. Well, that and a million dollars in construction yeah. permits. Well, that and because, you know, J.B. Hunt is tra- is here, Tyson Foods and Walmart are based in Northwest Arkansas. I've heard that our GDP is higher than a lot of major metro Absolutely. areas um, yeah. where they've got millions of people, let alone, you know, 500. What's the what's the population of NWA? 550,000? Yeah, 570,000. Is yeah, it roughly. 570? Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, so you've got this, that's one of the cool things about Northwest Arkansas is probably from end to end, Bella Vista to Fayetteville, 35, yeah. 40 minutes. You got 570,000 people in the region. And so as a business, you can place your business in, you know, that zip code that, yeah. that you need your business to be in, but your people can live in any of these towns and they all have their mm-hmm. own sort of character about them. Mm-hmm. So it's like living in a big city, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're, you can put your business where you want and your people can choose the neighborhoods that they live in. So I encourage yeah. people to think about these different towns as, uh, as neighborhoods so that their, their employees can exactly. live their best lives. Yeah. And we're starting to run out of time here. So let's play a, I want to play a quick game of Bentonville favorites. Yeah. I'll pare it down from what I had uh, on my, on my list, but your favorite places for food and drink. Probably right off the bat, my wife and I like to go to Table Mesa. Mm-hmm. And then we also like the atmosphere at Fred's Bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- uh, well, it's not Fred's anymore. It's the Hickory at Table Inn or t- I'm not sure what yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, table at the Hickory. T- Hickory yeah, something, something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, but it's got a great bar. If you haven't been there, it's probably the most unique one. It definitely in Northwest Arkansas. And then as far as, uh, what was the other question? Which other ones? Uh, food and drink. Yeah, food and drink. I also like the uh, Undercroft. That's a kind of a popular thing for us to take out-of-town guests to. They think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, Bentonville Brewing Company and Bike Rag Brewing Company. For me, if you ever watch the TV show Cheers, my wife will hate that I'm saying this. I feel like Norm when I walk into both of those places. And that's a bad thing, by the way. That's not something to brag about, although yeah. I'm bragging about it a little bit. Totally okay. Yeah. Have you tried Lady Slipper yet? No, I haven't, but all I've heard is good things about it. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Favorite places, favorite parks and lakes? Well, I like Bella Vista. To me, Bella Vista with the trail system mm-hmm. there is one big park. I roll out of my uh, my driveway and in 45 seconds, I'm on 50 miles of bike trails. And actually, I take that back on 100 miles of bike trails because they have both back 40 and Little Sugar connected yeah. now. So about 100 miles. And then um, 
I also like, as far as lakes go, we do have a boat on Beaver Lake. Nice. And so we don't use it near as much as we should, but we're hoping to change that this year. Very nice. Well, as we start winding down, tell me a story. We'll make this a hashtag because Bentonville story. Now, this is a story that's about a moment mm-hmm. or or a full-fledged story that sort of describes the essence of Bentonville, or maybe you think, gee, that's that could only happen here. Sure. So I'll go back to Rotary right off the bat. Um, so when I was in St. Augustine, I tried to join the Rotary Club down there and get involved with the chamber. And I discovered quickly that it's a little bit more of a closed group down there. Mm-hmm. I, I got invited by my account, or I should say I, ha- I invited myself to the Rotary meeting with my accountant. I, I told, told him and, that I wanted to join and then, you know, he told and they never, they, they literally would not even give me the application. So, and it was the same thing in the chamber. You could join the chamber, but if you wanted to get put on any of the committees or get any activities, unless you were somebody who was, uh, had been there a long time or a local, it was hard to break in. Fast forward, I come to uh, Bentonville. I get invited uh, by somebody from who used to work for the chamber, uh, Jane Lowe. To, to come to a rotary meeting and I get involved, I get embraced by the people who are born and raised here as if, you know, I belong partly again, going back to it is because I didn't just show up for lunch. I got active. And then the ultimate compliment to me was when they asked me to become president of the club. And I think that's probably one of the biggest honors I've had. So it goes to show you that the folks here does not matter what you're demographic is, religion, whatever it is, they are very wel- the welcoming here. And, and, it, and it's, I think it's always been that way. And um, so I would say because Bentonville, my wife and I chose to stay here because our plan was to live, live here until my son graduated high school in 2015 and move back to Colorado. Mm. And here we are. And now my wife's family comes out and all they do is dream about leaving Colorado and, and moving to Bentonville. Well, there are a fair number of people who do that, mm-hmm. um, especially from the Denver area. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the you said something that, that really resonated with me when you mentioned, you know, knowing you belong. And I've I, this is probably for our listeners who've heard a lot of the shows are probably tired of me saying it. But my favorite, one of my p- favorite pieces of art in Bentonville is the You Belong Here oh, sign yes. outside the momentary, because I think it does describe mm-hmm. this place exactly what it is. It's not. We don't want you to feel like you belong. We don't want you to think you belong. We want you to know that yeah, you belong. Right. And I think, and that's the way I felt almost from the uh, the start as well. Yeah. I'll ask you one random question. Sure. If you won a billion dollars in the lottery and you could use that, but only in Bentonville for a new venture or to help others or both, what would you do? I would not do anything else myself. Um, my wife and I have actually talked about it when the lottery got up to one point something billion a, yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, we would give away about 99% of it. And if we had to spend it here in Bentonville, I would put together a um, a fund uh, to, to seed other people's businesses. And I would grab about seven people that I know right off the top of my head and I would put them in charge of it. That's cool. That's it. That's such a short answer. I'm going to ask you my other random. Yeah. This is what I ask from time to time. Uh, I'd love to know yours. If you had a superpower, but it was a limited superpower or it came with a significant limitation, what would it be? 
And I'll give you a really short mm-hmm. of, uh, example. Perhaps I could fly, but only two inches off the ground. <laughs> Actually, if I had a superpower and it was like a one-time use kind of a deal. Okay. I would, I would make people just stop being mean to each other on social media and all this political nonsense. Cause that just is exhausting. Yeah, it really is. I think, I don't know. I don't know what the superpower to do that would be. I guess mind control of some sort or something. Right. But what's the limitation? I don't know. You couldn't use it to keep somebody from being mean to you. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> I, a- I would snap my finger like on, uh, what you call it? The Avengers and make everybody stop being. Right. Or they'd be 10 times meaner to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And John, thanks for spending so much time hey, no uh, problem. with me today and with our audience. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story and and providing some history yeah. behind some things that maybe we have some of the history that's been lost here along the way with uh, with Tech Summit. And appreciate everything you do here well, in the community. I, I, I appreciate it and I admire that. So thank well, you. Well, appreciate that. And thanks for the invite. Really enjoyed it. Hey, no problem. Hey, thanks to the Bentville Beacon audience. You know, without you, we couldn't uh, do this show. Would love to hear your feedback anytime. You can do that through my email address at letter J, Bell, B-E-L-L, at greaterbentonville.com. But come back and hear more of these stories from, you know, Bentonville's leaders and their businesses and about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, this place where you can have more of what you want and less of what you don't. And as always, visit bentonvilleeconomicdevelopment.com to see all of our episodes and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.